Welcome to the Destination Discipline Podcast. I'm your host, Gage Harness. This podcast is about diving into the lives of individuals who want more out of themselves and life, sharing stories and exposing the highs and lows of individuals in their journey in becoming the best versions of themselves. It is our mission to give you optimal information over topics on mindset, fitness, nutrition, personal development, entrepreneurship, and fresh perspectives to help you become the best version of yourself. Now, let's jump into it. Welcome back to the Destination Discipline Podcast. I'm your host, Gage Harness. And today, all the way up in the Poconos of Pennsylvania, we have Jeff Humphrey. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, Gage, thanks for having me. Super happy to be here uh, and uh, talk today. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. We talked a few days ago on the phone just to meet and to to build somewhat of a I guess relationships, so we we're not going in this cold turkey. But I am very jealous of your beard. Like, I'm gonna grow my beard oh. out in October, <laughs> and it's just not thick enough yet on the upper portions. And so I'm I pretty jealous of that. Mine it comes and goes. You know, I don't know. I'll like, I'll let it grow to where it is now, and then I'll randomly shave it off. And of course, you know, my wife makes some of those decisions too. She's like, it's too bushy. So we have to <laughs> make those decisions. If I, if I don't feel like if I don't have the the patience to uh, trim it up appropriately, then I'll just shave it off and let it grow again. That's the good thing about it. So it always comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, before I, you even introduce yourself, I actually had a fun little question that I found when I was doing some research on you. Um, okay. so I've, I found your YouTube and a few years ago you did a, uh, a rendition of Tennessee whiskey by Chris Stapleton on the saxophone. And my question, yeah. and it sounded great by the way, but my question oh, is if there was a song that you wanted to learn on the sax, what would that song be? Oh, I don't even I don't even think about that anymore, unfortunately. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I've it I've played a lot <laughs> of songs yeah. and, and tunes and things like that in the in my past life, in my previous life. And I think, you know, one day that'll come back to me um as, as things kind of come full circle a lot of the time. Uh right now, if there was a song that I could learn and play right now. Oh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was doing some covers just for fun at that time uh, and just kind of like messing with that kind of thing. And I really like Chris Stapleton a lot. I love his music. So I was like, oh, let's learn this one. So, yeah. Okay. I just, I just didn't know if there was some type of song or I, I guess I didn't yeah. think about that being in your past life, but I guess yeah. that's a really good transition into who you are now compared to where you were so would you like to sure. give a quick intro as to who you are jeff sure um so as you said my name is jeff humphrey um i currently reside in northeastern pennsylvania with my wife brianna and our cats toby and oliver um and i am currently a run coach uh coach in general because i coach others too not just running but my running is mostly what i'm doing right now and um motivational speaking as well as an endurance athlete myself pursuing ultra marathons and things of that nature goodness don't you you have one coming up here in the next couple of weeks right yeah um so i'm running a trail race on september 23rd i was originally going to do the 50k um, at that, but I just bumped down to the 25k version of that to build it in to help it fit my training for what I'm training for. Um, mm. So I'm doing that, and then two weeks later, I'm running um, my second 12-hour endurance challenge on a one-mile loop. Goodness, in, in New Jersey. So that's what I'm training for currently. So that'll be yeah. sick. Good luck with that. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, sweet man. Well. That was very quick because there's a lot of depth to you, Jeff, just from our 23 is, yeah. minute conversation the <laughs> other day. 
And yeah. um, I would really like to start way from the beginning because the way your life has progressed, it's probably went in a direction you never thought it would. You went from growing up, pursuing saxophone, getting your degrees in saxophone, stuff like that. And now you are running ultra marathons. And I did miss out a big part of that entire life, but I'd like for you to kind of explain like your come up and, uh, and some of the things that you battled to get to where you are. For sure. Um, so I grew up in rural upstate New York, um, with my family. Uh, well I say grow up, I I was born in Connecticut, but that was the majority of my life was in upstate New York. Um, and I grew up in an Italian household <laughs> um, where we learned how to eat and eat a lot at a young age and family gatherings and Sunday dinners and all of that type of thing. And uh, I was blessed or not so blessed with uh, the not so good metabolism. So, you know, my younger brother could eat whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted and never really see the ramifications of that. And myself, I was not so lucky. So um, I tell my story as I was obese, morbidly obese my entire life. Um, From the time I was a a child up until my early 20s when I decided to take my life under, uh, you know, in control and take control of my life. So I grew up, like I said, there and I remember vividly a time when I was going out for football uh, in my freshman to sophomore year of high school, I believe, somewhere in the 14 to 15 year old range. And we had to weigh in and in front of all of our peers. And that was the last time until my mid twenties that I had seen under 300 pounds on the scale. And I was 297 pounds at like 14 years old. Um, And it only got worse from there. So that, like I said, I went out for football, but at that age, I just, I didn't know what hard work was. I mean, I saw hard work because of my parents and, and, but I didn't understand what hard work was. So when things got hard, I learned, I just knew how to quit. That's all I knew how to do at that age Um, with, in terms of athletics and things like that specifically. And the one thing that stuck with me that we talked about because it wasn't necessarily affected by my weight was music. So I spent all of my time, a majority of my time taking that very seriously, um, more seriously than most kids that age, um, practicing and finding that routines were important in that regard. And um, so I went through high school that way. I mean, I did track and field, but as a thrower, so I didn't really have to run that much and it was more like lifting and, and that kind of thing. So I was a pretty decent thrower and I did that I was part of a team. I never quit track and field, which was good. Um, and then I ended up going to college for music, like you said. And when I went to college, like most young people, 18 year old kids, um, was living on my own I was doing my own thing and it my weight loss and habits only got worse um, because you have so many food options <laughs> fast food and you know what's on university campuses I mean you're in the south when I was in the south it was Chick-fil-A and on campus and I loved that that was great mm-hmm. and so um, just those eating habits I mean I was eating all times of the day and then I also found alcohol you know, uh, and so, I mean, at a point in my early twenties and late teens, I was probably drinking Wednesday through Saturday every week. And with that comes eating like crazy. I was smoking cigarettes. I was everything, the whole thing. Um, and so those habits just spiraled like crazy. And mm. I went I was finishing my bachelor's degree and I tell this story. I tell it when I talk about weight loss, there's a moment for somebody like yourself, probably who have lost a significant amount of weight. And I say significant and that's different for every person because some 
significant amount of weight for their body type is 50 pounds. A significant Mm -hmm. amount of weight for me was 200 plus pounds because of where I was. At my heaviest, I remember being at a doctor's office and I weighed well over 460, 450, 460 pounds on the scale. Um, But I am sure that like it went up and down from there. Um, So I don't know the exact number uh, because I just didn't pay attention to that. I kind of ignored that. And so I was in my last year, my bachelor's degree, and I met this young girl who was coming to the university and we became friends. And then we started spending time together and then we dating and funny enough that's my now wife Brianna and when they say again who when you lose a significant amount of weight there's always a tipping point mm. that helps you make that change like a real reality sets in like either you're going to do it then or you're not going to do it at all and so we were spending time with young family members they were doing fun stuff specifically a ropes course and I couldn't participate because of course those things have weight restrictions. Mm. And so here I am standing with my dad watching this girl that I'm continually falling in love with and other people that I love do something. It's like, I just have to stand there. And when something like that happens, your life kind of flashes before your eyes, right? You're like, you see this future in you see what could be or what you know you want to be and of course with somebody you you plan to marry there is children involved and those types of things and my immediate thought went to 10 years from now how am i supposed to be thinking about building a life with a family if i'm going to be on the flip side of that and on all kinds of medications and completely unhealthy and worried about having a heart attack by the time i'm 40 or 45 because that's the reality of being that big there there's no other reality um (laughs) it might sound tough but sometimes we have to swallow tough pills and so uh that was that moment for me so july 2015 i decided like enough was enough and usually I'm the type of person when I make my mind up on something, that's it. So uh, we went for a walk and I was hurting and it sucked because we walked for about an hour mm. and I was like, okay, well, I can digest an hour because right now I'm practicing saxophone for six hours a day, you know, and what's the, mm-hmm. what's an hour. So in my mind, I still break things up that way, um, but we can get to that. So I'm like, okay, an hour of cardio is my goal. And with weight loss, it's calorie deficit. So if I'm only eating this amount of calories per day and doing this, plus drinking one and a half to two gallons of water, I'm going to lose weight. So in July, I just started doing that. At this time, I had accepted a position to be the graduate assistant at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to pursue my master's degree in saxophone performance. So I was moving to a new state where nobody knew who I was. So I had the opportunity to then reinvent myself from that party, quasi-alcoholic drinking Jeff that I was, that I had mentioned. So I moved there, immediately set new routines, got a gym membership, and I just continued um to do 60 minutes of cardio every day, um, which started with walking, the elliptical, that type of thing, mixing it up. And then I started interval training on my own just to see like 30 seconds of running, 60 seconds of walking, for example, for an hour. I'm just doing that. And um, from July to October, I lost my first hundred pounds. Um, And in October, I was in crunch fitness in Hattiesburg, Mississippi later at night. And I just had a feeling that I could set the treadmill to like 5.0 and run. And I did. And I ran my first ever mile without walking in that gym um, ever in my life. And I pressed pause and I called Brianna and I just started crying. 
and I don't cry. <laughs> I'm not a very emotional person. And mm -hmm. it was just an, a, such an emotional feeling for me because I had this sense of accomplishment that I never had before. Um, and so it kind of just, I continued from there. And my mind is if I can run one mile, I can run two miles. Well, 5k is not that far. And then that winter I was at a family Christmas party and I was talking to my uncle and he was running quite a bit at that time. Um, and he challenged me to see if I would be willing to run a half marathon with him when the school year was out. And I was like, sure, like, definitely. Yes. Mm. Like say yes, you know? And so winter break ends, I fly back to Mississippi and I continue my routine and I'm losing weight. I'm feeling good. And one day I went out for a run. We had this great trail. It was a rails to trail and it was flat and it was paved. It was beautiful. So easy to run miles. And I went out and I ran 14 miles one day and I texted my uncle and I was like, so I just ran, you know, 14 miles today. And I was like, how do you feel about running a marathon instead? And he was like, I'm in. So we committed to doing the Buffalo marathon, Buffalo, New York, uh, which is, uh, on Memorial weekend traditionally. And so within that year from July, 2015 to the beginning, middle of May, I 130 something pounds and ran a marathon at the end of the month of May. So that's the initial like story of my weight loss. So, yeah. Goodness. There is a <laughs> a lot to unpack there, and and good job, Jeff. That thank is, you. I appreciate that. Weight loss is a beast, and it will either do really good things for you, or almost consume your entire life, and almost ruin you in some in some ways. And yes. I would like to argue that for me, at least, I've had both, and I'm very blessed for both. But there is a a lot to a lot to unpack there. So from July 15th to May 2016, you lost about 130 pounds, roughly. 200, 230 oh, 200. pounds. 230 pounds. Yeah. I thought I heard 100. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. 230 pounds in how many months would that even be? Five? 11. 10, 10 11 10 months. months? Yeah, somewhere between there. So yeah. what is the math on that? That would be almost 20, <laughs> 23 pounds a month. Consistently. Consistently. I mean, there was a time where I was, I would lose, I don't know, eight to 12 pounds a week. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it I was, it's uh, it, it is. And, you know, of course it slows down towards the end. So a lot of that was mm -hmm. up front. And I mean, I lost a hundred pounds in three months, July to October, like was my first hundred pound milestone. Wow. Um, and so it gets like, like you said, it, it become obsessive and mm -hmm. I'm an obsessive person. Anybody who's like, who is chasing something can become obsessive, but my mm -hmm. personality is I latch onto an idea or something that I think I can do. And then I mm -hmm. see the slightest glimmer of light shine in and I'm like, Oh, we're in it. Let's go. And so that was it for me. I was like, I saw the weight starting to come off and then I felt how I was feeling. Like I never felt for like when, like I said, when I ran that first mile and it was just all over, like, mm -hmm. let's go. And I'm going to go after this thing until the very end. And while I wait, you know, and that's, I mean, I, I do leave, lead my life a little bit like that right now. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful to have people kind of rein me in a little bit now, but I'm like, yeah, why can't I go do this right now? And I, you see that you can do it or there's that glimmer of hope. And it's just like, just jump on it today. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, we talked about that on the phone, right? Um, there's this thing going around Instagram and I said, I wish I came up with it, but I didn't. Is that it, is it one day or day one? And every day is day one for me in my life. Like I wake up, there's a new opportunity. I might be a little sore. I might be a little stiff, but 
if I run for 10 minutes, it usually goes away. And then I'm like, all right, let's get it. Like today's mm-hmm. a new day. It's not Monday. It's not the new year. It's right now. Mm-hmm. And so that was that process for me going through that. But with that comes the reality of eating 1200 to 1400 calories a day while training like that becomes completely unsustainable. And that's what we, you know, we could talk about that because then Mm -hmm. my life flip-flopped. I, I decided to go back to school. I go back to school and I pursue my doctorate of music, which is a very competitive world to get a university position or when uh, I don't play an orchestral instrument. I don't, a saxophone isn't in orchestras full time is what I mean by that. So there's no Mm -hmm. jobs in regard to that. So I was just like, well, I want to be a university professor. This is what I want to do. And I had people, oh, oh, you should, you know, get a music education degree so you could teach public school music. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. They're like, well, you should have a backup plan. I was like, if, if I do that and I have a backup plan, would you want me teaching your kids? If that's my mm-hmm. backup plan, I wouldn't want me teaching my kids. And also, I'm going for this. It's a thing. People are doing it. So we're going to do it. And I set a plan and there was no, nothing else. So running starts to go away because I'm busy, mm-hmm. like extraordinarily busy going to school full time teaching as a graduate assistant, teaching as at my last year as a university professor at a different university, plus traveling to play concerts and build a resume to hopefully be in a situation where I can win a job. And there was one full-time tenure track position in the entire country for saxophone in 2019-2020. That's where we're at. You know, one full-time, that's it. How many hours? how many applications, all these things. I was like, I got to throw my hat in the ring. And um, coming into 2020, I was named a finalist for that position. So I was like, all right, like, let's go. We're doubling down. I was practicing 30 to 40 minutes of music for an audition for that job for like six to seven hours a day into the morning sleeping for a few hours, waking up, doing it all over again, teaching, trying to give my best people to my wife, like trying to, you know, trying to balance Mm -hmm. all of this. And so as you can imagine, over the course of those three years of my doctorate traveling, you know, old habits die hard is, you know, when I say when I'm speaking to people, I'm like, so when you're up that late, you know, what do you do? You go to cookout, you go to Cane's, you, you grab what's available to you. So I start eating that. You go play a concert. When you're done with that concert, you do a good job, you go out with people. Mm-hmm. In so environments, you have a few drinks. You're going to eat what other people are eating. Be- that Me anyways, because that's just how my brain is wired. And I still struggle with that to this day mm-hmm. because I have an obsession and an addiction to food and consumption in general, consuming in general. And so over that time, and by the time... COVID hits the world and shuts everything down. And I didn't end up being selected for that job. I'm back up to 370 or 380 pounds. So I regain 150 Hmm. or so pounds of the initial weight that I lose. We decided to pack up and move to Pennsylvania because we had an opportunity to live here. And I had no idea what we were going to do. None. Because of like, like many people during this time, right. And this isn't just me and I, that's kind of selfish, but that's how it affected me. So everything gets paused here. I am fat again, can't run again. And then for the first time in my life at 30 years old, and I consider myself very lucky that I never dealt with depression Mm. until I was 30 years old which is like incredibly difficult. And Mm. the reason that, you know, like I just felt like I had nobody. I had all of these people in my life who were chirping in my ear, you know, like this is yours to lose this, you know, saying these things, saying everything you want to hear, building you up. 
And then when that, when I wasn't able to, when I wasn't selected for that job, everybody vanished into thin air because mm-hmm. I can no longer provide them what I was providing them, which we could get into because it flipped a switch in my mindset about who's with me now in my life. So, Mm -hmm. so I'm here, I am 30 years old, no real opportunities laying in bed all day for the summer. I get a job and I start working and I mean, met some nice people and doing some things. And so we come into the summertime of, 21 and i was working at a resort and i met a young personal trainer there and he was super nice and we got along and so i hired him and i never hired anybody before but i was like all right if i'm paying somebody then like it'll help the accountability it'll help me get back on track and he was you know programming for me and doing these things for me and we we got along great Um, and I started losing weight again and I started feeling pretty good again. And then I started tacking on the running to the training and starting to run again. Mm. And, uh, again, (laughs) I like to set audacious goals for myself. I'm like, all right. I was like, oh man, I really want to run like this in the future, like this. And then I, from him, I would start to get the like little, yeah, you should, you could do that. But. And like these little specks of not, not discouragement, but just not like, yeah, you should go do that or we can make that happen. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, you know, like I don't, I'm, I'm good right now. So I just started fo- refocusing on running again. And then in November and December of 21, I was, looking through races and I saw that there was a festival uh, right in our backyard called the two rivers uh, marathon festival. It's called the two rivers because it's on, it's split between the Lackawaxen river and the Delaware river where we live. And that race kind of for that reason drew me in. And then they offered an option to do both days to run both days and it's called doing double. And so I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, well, I've run one marathon, just like I run one mile. I was like, why can't I run two? And so I signed up to do the double, the back-to-back marathons in March of 22. So I am in November, still 300 and probably 30 to 40 pounds. And I always guess because like I was telling you, I, have a very bad relationship with numbers on a scale. Yes. And so I don't do that. I base it off of other things where I'm at in terms of my weight and fitness. And so I gave my 13 weeks roughly and trained for that race. So, and then in mm-hmm. March of 2022, I ran back-to-back marathons, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And that's what kind of steamrolled my second weight loss and that year I had other races planned, had a couple DNFs in the mm-hmm. ultra stuff, which is part of life. Um, and so now I can say that I've lost 200 pounds twice in my life. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I want to take it back just a little bit. Sure. Kind of break this down. So mm-hmm. you start your doctorate degree. And life kind of takes, well, your priorities change, right? It's not running now. It's getting your doctorate, getting this job. Mm -hmm. Looking back on how you felt when you're eating 1,300, 1,400 calories, doing all that running and everything else on top of it, looking back, did you actually feel good? When? Like, did you feel like physically well, like looking back now, like, at the like when when i was getting ready for the marathon because i was eating much more at that point because i lost so much weight and then i kind of understood a little bit more about like there was no way that um i could eat that little and run 
you know, a marathon or train okay. accordingly yeah. for that. So like the, through that time, I did feel good. I felt on top of the world because I was eating. <clears throat> I think I was eating enough. I wasn't really tracking at that point, mm-hmm. but I felt good. I was running 60, 70 mile weeks and just like, I felt, I felt great, you know? And, but before that, <laughs> no. And I had, uh, the reason why I did start eating a little bit more and on trying to understand fuel was because I was out for a run on that same trail I was talking about and woke up on the side of it face down. Oh yeah. So no, that doesn't make you feel good. (laughs) And I didn't understand. uh, I don't know. I don't know food. I didn't know hydration. I didn't know anything because I didn't know how to do that stuff because I wasn't than that person so i was just out there winging it and so i thought you know well this is how you lose weight and i was out on a run i think i just had clean plain water with me and i started trying to walk back to the car and i the last thing i remember was like standing on the side of the trail and i hunched over and then i woke up face down glasses off my face everything so mm-hmm. um no i didn't feel <laughs> necessarily good but also i didn't care either mm-hmm. i think at that point because like my goal was to just lose weight as fast as possible that's who mm-hmm. i was that's what i was you know and just yeah. lose weight as fast as possible and now i just now i reached the exact opposite <laughs> to people i'm working with because of the it's just not sustainable yeah so, so. okay cool well that continues on so then yeah, you're at your doctorate. You start putting back on your old habits are coming back. Were you mm-hmm. even thinking about any of that while it was happening? Like, was it like, because for me, I'm, I'm just trying to relate it in my experiences. I lost my weight. And then before I knew it, I was 30 pounds heavier and I had no idea. And I was curious if that's what happened to you. Like you were so laser focused on this one thing. And then at the end of it, you look back and you're like, oh, snap, I am back almost where I started and right from oh yeah go on yeah I think sad thing is is that I was aware of it and I knew it was happening Mm -hmm. but old Jeff was peeking back in and he was like and I would tell myself, it's all good. You lost it before. You could lose it again. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who, for <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes when people do love you, they still tell you what you want to hear. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's okay. You lost it once. You can lose it again. And what they don't tell you and what mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you is I had this question. So funny enough, this the race that I ran in March – let me backtrack a little bit. Those back-to-back marathons, the director of that race is one of our partners and we're the official mm-hmm. official coaching partner of all of his events. Nice. So, you know, and we're talking. And the st- funny story about this is he asked me a question and it sticks with me. Which mountain was harder to climb? The first or the second? And I said the second. So the it's okay. You lost it once. You can lose it again. Is a lie because it's so much harder for so many reasons the second time. You have different things happening in your life. In my case, I'm almost 10 years older than I was then. I mean, you name it. Mm -hmm. Those old habits are now doubled down on. So you're trying to break out of those. Yep. It, I mean, it, so it's a tough place to be the second mm-hmm. time around, you know? And yeah. So, yes, man, it was like you're speaking to my past self right then. <laughs> um, yeah. It's almost like that's how I felt. It was like, oh, I've, I put on 20 pounds and I'd be talking about it with like a friend and they're like, well, you've lost 107. 110 pounds already like it's not a big deal and i was like yeah you're right and then i'd be like okay let's go get food and that would just yep. continue to happen continue to happen 
And what I needed looking back on it was just someone to say, Gage, you're going to regret this. Like you've worked this hard. Why, why just give it away? You know, like you've made it this far now just create better habits around it. Because obviously I think we both relate that we did it completely wrong the first time. And I'm still working on my second. I'm still climbing my mountain. And me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's climbing. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think everyone needs to be climbing at all times. And yeah, that's what I needed. And so I'm just curious because we talked about it on the phone when you reached 30 years old and depression hit and it was right before you hit or found your fitness trainer. Did you feel like yeah. a failure in every regard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred and ten percent. And and I mean, how are you not supposed to feel like a failure at that point? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything in in my mind, everything that I worked for. If we're talking about weight loss, that's gone. That was back. I was back wearing three XL shirts. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the music side of things and the job side of things, if you know, it's a it's a punch in the face when you when you work so hard for something and you don't achieve it. And anybody can say, and everybody will tell you, oh, it's okay, like it's fine. You know, there's another opportunity. Like positive, 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 and mm-hmm. I can positively tell you that that's wrong and that if you there if you lost an opportunity to like anything that you worked so hard for and you were this clo- you know however close six inches close to the finish line you're in the red zone and you're right there and you can taste that success and it that and it like i said it's just like pulled out from under you you are lying if you think that you're going to be super positive after that for however long. Mm -hmm. So I was, I felt like an absolute failure. I felt like a failure firstly to myself, secondly to my wife and just the, all the people who like supported me, my, my parents supported me through college and I mean, 10 year, 10 plus years of school, not, Mm -hmm. you know, as much as they could no matter what they would do anything and still would do anything for me. I mean, you have all these people. So you feel like you just let down all of these people that you care about. And then also the biggest thing is I had no, I, I I had nobody to fall back on. I had nobody, you know, like I said, I had, of course I had my wife and she, she's the most amazing person in the world and she'll, she's there for through anything and believes in me anything and my family too but like i said all of these people that i was looking for advice for in that world where they just vanished Mm -hmm. and so yes i felt like an absolute failure and i didn't know how to dig myself out of that hole so i just for an entire year almost just lived in that hole yeah just lived in it And I was miserable. And then when I hired the trainer and then I started running, I just, okay. I was like, oh, there's that glimmer of light that I talked about before. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you see that glimmer of light, just grab it. No matter what it is, no matter what anybody tells you and how they make you feel, if it's about weight loss, if it's running, if it's fitness, if it's a job, if it's whatever it is that that light is for you, then just like follow it, Mm -hmm. hone in on it, follow it and ride it out. And that's what I'm doing like right now. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to do every day. I'm like, Oh, where's, you know, I just seek new opportunity. Um, and if there's a glimmer of light, I'm like, okay, let's see, you know? And if it shuts, then we go and find something else. Yeah. It's just important that we, you know, failure is an important thing to realize, but then also how we, how we view failure is important. And now I have a different viewpoint on failure. 
And so I'm like, okay, if I go and I'm training for this race right now, and if I go out and I run 10, 14 miles, whatever it is in a day, but I didn't close a client on a sales call for uh, coaching, am I a failure? Absolutely not. No, because I tried to, I was on that phone call. I took that phone call. I put myself out for that, but I still was able to train and like feel good. And I'm still like moving forward. So I'm not a failure, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to put different light on what it means to failure, like fail to success, uh, failure to success. What is success? What is failure? And, and those types of things. And I really try to, and I struggle with it. Like I have bad days where I'm just in my head all day long. And then you have great days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but they're getting better. So just focusing on, on those types of things. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, as long as you just continue to move or try to make progress, even if it's small, that's just, that's not failure at all. Mm-mm. You know, well, yeah. you know <clears throat> it's a good part of life. And something that I, I caught on there is now you are almost being the light for others. And people are looking to you as the light and you're giving people an opportunity to lose their weight correctly, correctly and to have someone to lean on or to run mm-hmm. however far to lean on. And it's cool. Yeah. Everything has just come back full circle. And Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, mm-hmm. and I consider myself lucky. And uh, I mean, that people, ugh, when I, <laughs> it's hard for me Sometimes it's easier now. It's hard for me sometimes to share with people like my story. And like, especially when we're at an event or you're at a marathon, you're talking to people and there's all these people who are crazy, like fast runners and all of this stuff. And they've done amazing things. And so like, I'll just be like, I'll just be there. Like, you know, and then, I'll just get talking to somebody and I'm like, yeah, like I've, I've lost this much weight and I've done this thing. And and like their reaction is always like, holy crap, you did you what? And, and mm-hmm. so it's important for me to remind myself that that does impact people in a positive way. Because to me, it's just something that I did. And, and I don't want to sound like, Eric with about that it's to me i'm just like oh yeah like i did this and this is what i do and so i have to remind myself that people do want to hear that and do need to hear that like mm-hmm. especially the weight gain and then the weight loss yes. like weight loss weight gain weight loss because that's real life you know we see all of these people and we see all we hear all of these things in the in the in the digital world that we live in now on social media and there are a few people who are really good at sharing truths and what they're going through but mm-hmm. there's so many people who are just like the glamour and we see a snapshot in time of the greatness mm-hmm. right and the glory but you don't see is the before, after, during struggles of all of that. So for me, it's important to just, I'm not like, yep, I've lost all this weight and everything's great. And like, I want the reality of that to be every, everybody who's losing weight and has lost weight is going to fluctuate and it's something you have to deal with. And so I'll share with you. I mean, I have a list of daily affirmations that I say out loud every day now. And the first one on that list, which, which, the you had mentioned is number one is I am good enough and people believe in me and need me. And I speak that into the universe. That's the first thing that I say. I have a, a, a bigger list of things for me, mm-hmm. but like, I think it's important. Like I have to remind myself like first thing in the day that like, mm, my story, my mission that I'm trying to accomplish with, coaching and speaking to people is is greater than just 
me being selfish. So it's important for me to, when I see somebody struggling on the track or somebody walking and like, be like, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. And I don't say anything other than that because it's not relevant. It's not important, but it's so important when you're in that low spot and you're just getting started and you're 150, 100, 200 pounds, 300, however many pounds overweight you are, that you are doing it, that your first step is all you need to take. And it's then take that same step, just one more the next day. And you said small, small, right? Even small progress. Yeah. But that's all that's all we should be focused on. Small consistent wins compounding over time. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like James Clear says, one percent better every day in atomic habits. And then in a year, you look back and you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. You're a completely different person mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever your goal is, than you were a year ago. And that's the hardest thing for us to remember. Because we get so caught up in, I have this wedding in three months and I want to be in the best shape of my life. Or, you know, what do you, like, I can't press a button (laughs) and lose 50 pounds and be shredded by this amount of time. Because that, again, is the world we live in. Uber Eats is fantastic. We don't have it here, which is even better. Because I live in such a... We live in a place that doesn't have it yet. That's a great thing. It's a great mm-hmm. thing, but it's such a dangerous thing because everybody <laughs> wants to be able to push a button and get to where they want to go or get the mm-hmm. food delivered to them or video chat with you or, or whatever it is. And that's just not the reality of weight loss, sustainable weight loss or training for a 5k training for a marathon training for an ultra marathon whatever the goal is mm-hmm. so yeah just to add on to that i think i don't know if james said it in the book but i think it's like 1.0 times 365 is still one and then 1. Yeah. 1.01 times 365 is like 137 or something similar to that yeah and weight loss is the exact same thing like it's just one one good choice after another, and then you go to the next, and then you go to the next, yep. go to the next. And if you do take a step back, is it actually a step back? No, you're just, you know, it's it's not gonna. I told this analogy a few episodes ago with this guy named Seth Moore. Shout out to you. Um, that if you walk all the way into a walk a mile into the forest, it doesn't take one step backwards to get out of it, right? Like you have to go a mile in, mile out, and that's a reminder for myself. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for saying all. Is I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm in that pickle right now, of life, with weight loss. So I appreciate it. Yeah, that's a, a tough. It's a tough thing, and uh, yeah. And you mentioned the um, climbing. We mentioned the climbing of the mountains, and it's like you're always climbing. Yes. But it is also okay, you know, you need to sleep, like camp out on the side of the mountain, and then you continue your journey, mm-hmm. right? So I think giving yourself some grace and understanding that, which is, again, something that I struggle with. And I'm like, oh, it's a very difficult thing for me to be like, oh, it's okay if you take a rest day today or like, oh. We were talking on the phone. I was like, you know, and yes, yesterday I ate a breakfast sandwich and then I had a like fried <laughs> chicken and French fries for a late lunch dinner. And I'm pretty sure I had ice cream that night too. And I was like, that it's okay because I know that who I am right now, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna fall back into my routine and I'm gonna train and I'm gonna do the things that continue me forward. Mm-hmm. So yep. That's the mindset you need. It's not yeah. Yeah, it's not black and white. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, awesome, man. 
Well, let's just continue on sure. if you're cool with that. Absolutely. Um, I will edit this part out. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I did not ask the three value question. Okay. Not yet. No. And then the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's knock those out. So, sure, sure. So to continue on, I asked two questions to guess every guest that we have on. And I think it gives a really good picture as to who they are in the current moment. And the first question is, what are three values you live by or you're working to live by? All right. So I did, I did think about this because I, I thank you for asking me this first off, because I haven't thought about that. So I did take some time to think about that and where I am right now, or where I want to be. So the something I lived by and, and try to continue to live by, but have to remind myself that the, the first value is patience for me would be one of the values. <laughs> like I just have to be mm -hmm. patient uh, with myself and all the processes that I'm going through and implementing and with the people in my immediate circle, like an understanding that everybody is different. Like everybody is different from like my goals are different than other people's goals. So patience in general uh, for me. And then the second one would have to be gratitude and practicing gratitude. Uh, that's something I'm working <laughs> to live by is mm -hmm. where I'm at right now to be, to have gratitude for where I am currently, where I'm going, that I'm able to push myself, you know, day in and out, physically, especially. Um, and then like, just for all the people in my life who support me and what like this life is currently giving to me. Um, so, and then forgiveness or grace, like we were talking about before, um, you know, learning to forgive myself and be gracious with others and just understanding again as a whole that things take time like you can't just change something one day in one day you know i mean we can make tons of progress in one day but nothing is truly going to change in that span of time mm -hmm. and so having a bigger picture is important um for me to remind myself. And I mean, I preach it all the time. I, we were just talking about it, but I feel like it's different with, with yourself, you know, with, when it comes to you as a person, we have to more remind ourselves like it's okay, you know? And that's where it's important to have the correct people around you. Cause now, right now I feel like I have the, a, the great, a great, small community around me and it helps me realize those things and not ones who are like, Oh, it's okay. You lost the weight once you can lose it again, but more it's like, it's okay to have a day tomorrow. I'm going to push you to, and challenge you to go forward, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, yeah, those would be three values for me that I'm living by or more importantly, just, trying to work on to buy yeah i love those so patience gratitude and forgiveness or grace yeah i really like those and uh just to add a little side note so i told you yesterday i had chinese <laughs> yeah um i made a deal with my buddy and it's kind of similar to you is i can eat the chinese but i have to go walk for 45 minutes after i nice. eat it and we balance yeah. it out. And I think it is really crucial to have those people on your corner that, you know, don't yeah. push you over the edge, but they hold you to a certain standard yeah. and keep you. Absolutely. Be good. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I do. You know, now I do that now with, with people uh, that I'm working with mm -hmm. who hire me, who trust me is, um, you know, I'm here to push you and I'm here to help you. Like my goal as your coach it may be if it's running if it's weight loss if it's a combination is <clears throat> i'm always gonna r ride the line of like yes i know you can do this it's going to be difficult but 
you're capable of doing this. And my favorite thing right now is when I get a text or I'm with a client and they have that moment of clarity and it happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, told you, you know, and like pushing them and, and, and just making sure I'm there for them, but also helping them realize like, I have a client right now who's about to run her first marathon in her late forties. Wow. Never ran before 18 months ago or less than two years ago ever. And she's about to toe the line for her first full marathon in October. And, you know, of course the texts and the conversations are, <laughs> are, are you sure I could do this? I don't know. Like, and like all this self-doubt and I'm like, I'm positive. Trust me. Like we're going to, you know, you're going to be fine come race day and all of these things. And like just helping people realize that there's their capability is far, far more than what they might have thought. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the same reality for me. I never thought I'd be able to run how (laughs) I did a 12 hour event in June, my first one ever. And I, my whole goal was just to move for 12 hours. I had no mile goal. I had, I was like, I want to move until the clock stops. And I achieved that goal. And it was crazy because then I reflected back to October of 2015, we can circle back to when I ran my first mile on that treadmill, which was like 12 minutes. I couldn't run for 12 minutes and I had just run for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. It's like just that little bit, you adjust the dial a little bit and then all of a sudden, you know, you're capable of these things. And so that's my whole mission with people and, and talking to you, talking to the, your audience, talking to people is just, just turn the dial a little bit, pick one scary thing, even if it's once a year or whatever it is, one thing that scares the crap out of you that you're not sure that you could do. And try it and go for it. And then by the time you get to that point, you're like, oh, okay. And then you just start ticking those things off. You know, it's the, it's, it sounds simple. It is pretty simple. And, you know, you could do, we could do whatever we want. When we, we we say that our parents made us, but hopefully, you know, made us believe that if you put your mind to it you can do it right and uh i try to i try to believe that. so hmm. love so, it so yeah love it all right last one what is a future message to jeff i told you it would be worth it look at you now hmm hmm that's it. Okay. <laughs> it's 9.05, Jeff. Through my window. <laughs> All right. Good. Well, I think that's a great way. <laughs> that's a great way to end it. Okay, man. That was intense. I like it. That was good. Well, um, yeah. Where where can people find you? Um, so they could find me. Instagram, I mean, I'm pretty not good at, at the whole social media thing. I don't post too many posts. I try to post on my story, you know, training and that kind of stuff. Uh, but the Instagram is underscore Jeff Humphrey. And then my coaching business, our coaching business is Run Love Run. So that's on Instagram as well. You can find us there and then always feel free to, you know, just send me a DM on Instagram mm-hmm. and reach out on either one of those pages. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, all that will be in the show notes below as a reminder Perfect. for everybody. But Jeff, 
I appreciate you coming on. I'm glad that you messaged me. I'm glad we hopped on the call. I'm glad yeah. we were able to do this. And uh, me too. I, look Thank forward, you. I look forward to seeing you doing some speak, like going out and speaking to people and filling their cups, man. And being, I hope so. People. So I'm excited. Awesome. Hopefully a Ted talk one day. There's an idea. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I appreciate you, Jeff. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Destination Discipline Podcast. If you found value in this episode, I would greatly appreciate it if you gave us a follow and review on the platform of your choice. Either way, I appreciate you so much. And if you'd like to connect with me or the guests, the information will be in the show notes below. Till next time, peace.